3: Welcome to another edition of the Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem Pittsburgh studios.
4: And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon, Kath. Uh, Carnegie Museum.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: When was the last time you yourself made a visit?
5: Uh, let's see. Last summer, hmm. I think was. I think it was last summer. Might with have been. Your, might have been the end of last spring
4: with your family.
5: Yes, mm-hmm.
4: the museum.
5: Oh not- no, 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 no! That's a lie. Oh. It wasn't with my family. It was a, with a group of friends.
4: Just wandering through, right? Mm-hmm. Walking around.
5: Yes, we ate. We ate lunch at the little you oh, know, the cafe. Did you?
4: I've never eaten there.
5: Oh, it's very nice.
4: Yeah, it's a little shish. wonder. It's, yeah. a little
5: it's, it's, it's a little shish. It's. It's a little she-she. It's a little more expensive than you might wish.
4: Right. I mean, across the it street. It was very I'm...
5: good. It really was. It was, was it very, really? Good. Yeah, it was a lunch. It wasn't a. I don't even know if they're open for dinner, but it was for lunch.
4: Well, I love the Carnegie because it is a mix of what you just described—sort of upper-end, trendy shishi—and mm-hmm. in the far reaches, the corners, someone you know down in the basement. It's almost a throwback to nineteen thirty-four.
5: It really right? is. It, it's, got this. it's kind of like you end up, you, you, it, it feels super current when you're in like the mineral hall Yeah, and it's super artistic when you're in the hall of architecture. And then somehow you end up in that long hallway where the birds are and you think what, what is in going the on? World? This is like pre-World War II. What's I like happening?
4: it. I like it so much. I mean, Me it's just because the place is so big, it's sprawling. There's so much in there. Well, we saw a piece, uh, Terrorizing and fascinating school since 1899. Now, if you've been in Pittsburgh any amount of time and you've gone to the Carnegie, you'll know the diorama the diorama of the cats. I don't know if they're they bobcats or some sort of they're lions. tigers, lions. Uh-huh. And there is a, a man on a camel
5: mm-hmm.
4: being attacked.
5: A dromedary, to be precise, because it's a one humped camel.
4: Well, this. I mean, it's a fascinating, odd, crazy little piece.
5: It's and weird. You're... I mean, a diorama is a is a relic of an older time anyway.
4: You think? You don't think they're doing dioramas? Oh, no. no.
5: Really? No, no. Dioramas are like 1950s and 60s museums.
4: Pre-television in some ways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There's a, a snapshot of a particular moment. Right. But, you know, if anybody who's been in Pittsburgh for a amount of time, you know the diorama of which we speak, right?
5: Yeah, so it's... If you haven't been at the museum or you're listening to us and you're not from Pittsburgh, it is very large. I mean, I can't.
4: It's life size.
5: I mean, it's life size. I think the the diorama is probably 40 feet long. Do you mm-hmm. think, John?
4: Yeah, easily. Probably 40 yeah.
5: feet. Probably 40 by 25.
4: So it dramatically depicts a man mounted on a camel fending off two big cats, presumably somewhere in North America. I'm reading uh, from uh, yesterday's Post-Gazette. It's a fictional scene, and apparently it's not terribly accurate culturally or scientifically. The exhibit's been on almost continuous display since 1899, acquired by Andrew Carnegie himself. But the depiction of a dark-skinned man under attack has upset patrons, especially visitors of color. So uh, a few weeks ago, the museum quietly curtained off the big glass case, which stood in a prominent spot, there were people who responded strongly in a negative way and they're going to um, keep the diorama up but they're going to cordon it off with apparently appropriate signage explaining what's going on here mm-hmm. now the weird thing is they renewed this they you know reconfigured this several right. years ago right in and 2017 the, and the man who is under attack along with his camel that there's a human skull underneath the goings on of his outer face, which was shocking to those who were doing the restoration. So what do you think?
5: <laughs> well, here's what I think. I never liked it. Oh, as, I did. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Yeah, I, maybe I don't want to oh. be like too, too deep into gender stereotyping, but it's like, like as a. I was going to say as a little girl, but that's probably stupid. I'm just a little too squeamish. It just never – it was not appealing to me. Mm. It was upsetting because one of the lions is dead. Yeah, The female lion is dead. Which is also a problem. Right. And the male lion is attacking this this dark-skinned person on the dromedary. Mm -hmm. Now – in reading the article, mine is from the Trib, they talk about how many things are really wrong with the diorama. Okay, right. So the first thing you mentioned is that people of color have looked at it and said, "Well, you know, there aren't any white Europeans who are being attacked by animals around here. They're like this this seems kind of weird." so and i I, I really do understand that. But even more than that, um, listen to this. Um, the male figure, the so-called Arab who's riding on the dromedary, is also somewhat imaginary. We've looked at his costume and it is derived from five different North African cultures. So it's not a realistic figure. He's a construction of what these French brothers who did the diorama originally, their names are uh, French naturalist and taxidermist Edouard Vareau and his brother Jules Vareau. They mm. did it for the Paris Exposition of 1867. Okay, so when these two brothers did the diorama, they had never been to an Arab country, and so they were kind of like imagining <laughs> What an Arab might might have looked like. So, of course, that's not good. Okay. Um, You already mentioned the problematic aspect of the human remains, which wasn't addressed three years ago, right, when it was discovered by a Pitt student researcher that it's actually a human skull in there, which is creepy. Um, Quote, as was often the case in taxidermy in the 19th century, however, taxidermists would use actual bones to help build a realistic Mm -hmm. form on which they would build the rest of the figure um and i'm reading a quote by someone by the name of Tonsor and i'm sorry i can't find this person's first name oh he's the
4: interim director
5: of the museum of
4: the, of the museum yes okay
5: well this that he, he's his words are what i am uh, are, i'm quoting uh, from he says after x-rays confirmed the figure of the arab man in the diorama contained a human skull and jaw he said museum officials were faced with an ethical problem concerning the display Quote, we don't have a policy that would prohibit it, but we do have an ethics policy that says remains should only be displayed in ways that respect the cultural traditions of the people from which the remains come, which I think is really important. I mean, you can't just be putting
4: somebody's head on somebody's body.
5: Right. I mean, that's really creepy. Right. Um, So, Stephen Tonser. Right. Stephen, thank you. I appreciate that. So there's a lot wrong with it, in addition to the fact that it's unusual for the male lion to do the hunting. Usually right. the female lions do the hunting. So that's also switched in the drama. Well,
4: you know, to to multiple generation after generation of Pittsburgh's, none of that mattered. They just wanted to go mm-hmm. see this thing because it was cool and exciting. Now, you know, little boys would stand, press their face against the glass and ooh and ah, because, you know, pre-television, kind of like a, a little shot of a movie. It was super exciting. So, you know, the times that we live in require an explanation, a little cleaning of the narrative, maybe, a, you know, sort of a tightening of things. But I'm glad it's going to stay.
5: Okay, but they don't know what they're going to do with it, right? So they're not sure if, if, the, if the diorama is ever going to be put on display again. Stephen Tonser said, reading again from the Trib, he knows talking about it, but not allowing people to see it is a problem.
4: Now what I'm what I'm reading is the museum does plan to eventually put the diorama back in view with some changes. It will be, it will be placed so only visitors who choose to see it can do so, and will include exploratory mm-hmm. explanatory signage for context.
5: Right, he says. "Quote: We don't want to be prescriptive and tell people how they ought to see this. We do want whoever encounters this to understand the differences and experiences that people have when they see mm-hmm. it." And in that way, we hope to bring some light on larger issues in our culture of sometimes being blind to each other's experiences. Okay. I think that he is handling this well.
4: Uh, yeah, I agree. Because
5: it's not like he's bowing to some kind of, you know, freakish, progressive mob, you know, of people saying, oh, no, no, we have to be like super PC. I don't think that's what it is. I think he's trying to be respectful.
4: Right. Okay. So what I'd like, like him to do is, you know, whenever you go into the museum um, or the um, the art museum, the Carnegie mm-hmm. Museum of Art. Yes. And then they have, like, the avant-garde filmmakers. Yes. And you, think, and you think, you know what? I'm a little tired. I don't think I'm going to go in there and just sit down for a few right minutes. in the dark. Right. Yeah. And you're, like, in this room, and they're showing someone, like, cutting a turnip and then smashing it in their face. <laughs> or they're showing a flight of bees. There's no – and you got to go, what is going on here? Could someone yeah. please explain this to me? Yeah, listen. I feel better that they're going to explain, you know, the – Cats in the and the the dromedary. Yeah. Right.
5: Right. That's good. But let's spread it around. Exactly. I would like someone to explain Uh, a good ten percent of what I saw in the art museum. I
4: I have no idea. Ten percent? I'd be happy for give me ninety-five (laughs) percent. I walk in and I go, Is that a piece of yarn? Is, is there some emotional connection to that? Dude, I, I
6: feel, listen, I'm
5: glad you said that because, you know, I went to art school. You and I both love fine art. Mm. It's not that I'm some kind of rube who doesn't, but I walk into the Carnegie sometimes I and think I think you know,
4: really, really, I'm happy to be in the gift shop and buy a postcard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to be a little rampant. That's how you feel.
5: Gosh, coming up next, we have open phones for your questions. Listen, if you grew up in the church, if you grew up outside the church, the next segment is for you. It's called Ask the Pastor. We invite Pastor Chris Marshall to join us on a regular basis, and we just open up the phones for whatever question you've got about anything that has to do with faith. Maybe it's a question about like... Catholicism. Maybe it's a question about being Eastern Orthodox, or maybe it's, you know, why are there all sorts of Protestant denominations? Or maybe you have a question about the Bible, or maybe you have a question about the Holy Spirit,
4: baptism,
5: marriage, divorce. Maybe you have a question about why there are so many Old Testament books and a lot of them are violent, or, you know, what happened to all the violence in the New Testament, or why are there four gospels? Okay, couldn't we just have one? What's Revelation about? I mean, the possibilities are endless.
4: Yeah, we're taking your phone calls. We're not going to talk about camels, though. We are. I'm going to ask him
5: about camels. No phone
4: calls about camels. I think I am going to ask him. Yeah, so give us a call, 800-320-8255. It's our occasional segment called Ask the Pastor. If you've been, you know, thinking about something theologically, biblically, family-wise, and for whatever reason, you know, you're not seeing your pastor or you're embarrassed or you don't go to church, well... Give us a call, 800-320-8255. It's a great way to connect, to do so anonymously without any fear or uncomfortability. And uh, our pastor, Chris Marshall, he'll give a go at it, okay? 800-320-8255. Take a break. Come back in a few minutes. Join us with open phones next here on The Word FM. Ride home with John and Kathy.
7: 1.5 WORD
3: Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. We have the privilege and the right to come before the throne of God
0: with a sense of authority before him because of our position in Jesus Christ. And we're to come to pray and to pray with authority.
2: Here the series How to Talk with God. This week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley tomorrow morning at 8 30 on 101.5 word
8: hey here's a common question what are you going to do with your life what's next for high school students graduates and working adults ready to learn new skills to start a new career or enhance their career there's salem career hub online at salemcareerhub.com prepare for the next step in your education Get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your life through education. Our team of education professionals are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275. 866-711-6275. Or visit 24-7 SalemCareerHub.com.
6: Tonight, the U.N. is warning that the pandemic is putting the world at risk of widespread famines of biblical proportions.
0: Even as we here in the U.S. continue to struggle with the coronavirus, in poor countries like Haiti and Guatemala, COVID-19 is also creating a food crisis, which is leading to starvation. Ángela Loma is with Food for the Poor.
9: Almost every single one of our partners said that food is the greatest need right now.
0: But the church is rising to meet this need.
3: The thought of any child going without food just breaks my heart. You know, God has blessed us all beyond what we can imagine. we got to do what we can to help fresh the kids that don't have anything to eat.
0: Join 101.5 Word FM and Food for the Poor in rescuing children. Just $37 provides six months of life-saving food for one child. How many children can you save? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword, hope. Dial pound 250 from your cell and say, hope. Or click the red emergency food banner at wordfm.com. And now a game of Commercial Chicken, brought to you by Progressive, where we see how long flow can go without talking about insurance. Ready? Go.
6: So, traffic has been crazy lately, right? And rush hour? Forget it. Nobody wants to let you merge onto the highway. But, hey, somebody let you merge or you wouldn't be there, so... Drivers who switch to Progressive could save big...
0: Okay, you win. We can't help but save customers money. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company
3: and Affiliates.
10: Any questions? I have a question. I know you probably have a
3: lot of questions. You can ask me anything you want. Go ahead. Ask me any question. Anything you want. Any more questions
4: you want to ask?
6: Go ahead. Call them.
4: All right, I'm going to call them right
6: now. Ask them.
4: Pastor Chris Marshall is with us from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. It's our occasional segment called Ask the Pastor. And Chris, in his bravery, has stepped forward, taking your phone calls at 800. 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. 800 320 320 8255 So the lines are open. And as we said earlier, you know, maybe you've got a question about the Bible or theology or your family or marriage. Well, Chris is here. You can join us uh, anonymously if you like to. Maybe it's a question you've been shy to ask your pastor or you haven't been to church recently. Well, we've got a, a real flesh and blood pastor here ordained in the faith, ready to take a, a whack at it. Chris, welcome to the show.
11: Thanks, John. Good to, ha- good to be with you again.
5: Yeah, it's great. I, I'm actually seeing your face on Zoom. The listening audience can only hear your voice, but Chris, oh. it's so good. It's been a long time since we've seen and or heard from you. Yeah. Um, I I've think got... I
11: haven't seen you since January.
5: Oh, my. Isn't that crazy? Is. Yeah. Wow. This is this is uh, eight months later.
11: Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in the studio or no online with John once, but you weren't
4: with us at that mm-hmm. time. I forget where you were.
5: I was yes. in Indonesia. It's been a I long think. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, time flies in a pandemic, yes? No, it does not.
4: <laughs>
11: I say that, that the months go fast and the days go like eternity.
5: Yeah, that's mm-hmm. for sure. All right, so we've got a question already, and it's, I think it's based on something I said as the teaser for this segment. Um, but you know, for those of you listening, we'd love to hear from you. 800-320-8255. Ask the pastor. Okay, I've got a, a post here from Adrian already. Chris, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, Adrian says this, "Um, I like the New Testament, but I'd never recommend the Old Testament to anyone. It's too violent. Hmm. I don't know what the question is, but...
11: Yeah, well, you know, it's really interesting because I actually just preached a message this past weekend from the book of Joshua, the Battle of Jericho. And if you know the account, I mean, first of all, obviously, everybody in Jericho gets slaughtered, including (laughs) the animals.
12: Mm-hmm.
11: Um, and then one of the Israelites take, takes some things from Jericho that he wasn't supposed to take. They find out about it and he ends up being executed by the Israelites. And so people say, wow, that God isn't the same God that in, is like Jesus is a different God. Right. I mean, we're not talking about the same God. Right. And th- the way I expressed it in the message was simply this. Um, and a lot of people might not agree with this point of view, but, Every human being deserves judgment. All human beings are sinners, according to Scripture. I mean, that's a basic premise of Scripture, that we're all fallen people ever since Adam and Eve. None of us have been perfect. And in the Promised Land, when the Israelites came back from Egypt, God judged the people of the Promised Land, the indigenous people, if you will, um, through the Israelites. Now, the interesting thing is, later on in Israel's history, God used pagan people to judge them. The Assyrians mm-hmm. came in and overthrew the people of Israel, the Northern Kingdoms, and then the people of Babylon came in and overthrew the people of Judah, the Southern Kingdom. So God has used people to judge people in history, and while I, I mean, I don't like that fact, but it is a biblical fact. And um, right now, it seems that when people see bad things happening, most of the time they don't somehow connect that to God, and I would say it isn't always connected to God, but there is a biblical truth that sin will be judged unless we are repentant and we turn away from it. In the Old Testament, we see vivid examples of sin being judged both within the nation of Israel and outside of it. Once Jesus comes on the scene, there seems to be a lot more grace, although God is a gracious God throughout the Bible. Um, But uh, it does seem, I mean, from the for, to the casual observer for sure, and even to someone who's been reading the Bible for 50 years, as I have, it certainly does seem that Jesus is a kinder, gentler kind of God until he's talking to religious leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even in the New Testament, there's one example that we have in uh, Acts chapter five. There's a couple named Ananias and Sapphira. They're believers. They're following Jesus. And they sell a piece of property and Eventually, they bring the proceeds to the church, but they pretend like they brought in everything and they kept something back from themselves. And when they come in, this deceit is known by the Holy Spirit, and each of them in their turn falls over dead. So there's a judgment on their sin, even in the New Testament. So again, it's not one of those things that most of us probably feel, quote, comfortable with, but it is, it's a reality and much of the Old Testament, I would contend much of the Old Testament is valuable to read because they're not all stories like that. Most of the book of Genesis isn't about that. Um, the book of Psalms, not much of it's about that. There's a Proverbs is wise sayings, how to keep from receiving the judgment of God, how to become a wise person. So um, I think, yes, there are there are violent stories in the Old Testament, um, but I think those are attributable to God's judgment on people who technically deserve the judgment. Um, and And yet, as we progress through history, it seems that God's let's just say it seems that God's patience grows with us.
4: That's good. So at the same time, then let's dovetail into this. I just got an email based upon this conversation, Chris. This is from Fran. Fran says this, Dear Pastor, I've been reading Job lately and I'm overwhelmed by all of his suffering. Hmm. What is the purpose of all this, please? Yeah.
11: You know, isn't that the, that's the $64,000 question. Everybody asks the question, if there's a good God then how can there be so much suffering? And I think, I forget which philosopher it was who who summed it all up by saying, you know, if God is good uh, and there's suffering in the world, then he must not be all powerful. And if God is all powerful, which means he could fix anything he wants to, but he doesn't, then he must not be good. And, And if you leave it at that, it sounds like either God isn't all powerful or he isn't good. But what it leaves out is this whole point that God has given us freedom. And the freedom that he gives us is a freedom to choose to respond or not respond to his grace, his love, his goodness. Now, Job is a particularly difficult case because Job doesn't seem to do anything wrong. In mm-hmm. fact, at the end of the story, God says to Job, you didn't do anything wrong. But I'm, you know, basically, I'm God and you're not, which that's not, that's not the most helpful, <laughs> you know, response no. that we've ever heard from God. But overall, um, the book of Job, I think, shows us that even good people suffer. You know, there, there's the old book by Rabbi Harold Kushner. You know, when bad things happen to good people, sure. And his point end of the day, he says God just isn't all powerful. You know, in that book, I mean, that's if you remember the end of the book, I mean, it's a book from the 80s, but that was his premise. God isn't basically all powerful, um, which I think is a is a very limited view of God. Um, But I I think that what what I would suggest is that Job's life is an example of all of our lives. You know, I mean, we can do righteous things and that doesn't guarantee everything's going to be good because we live in a fallen world. And in a fallen world, which means sin is part of the world, um, there's three T words that we hear in the Bible, test, trial, and temptation. Tests come from God, which is what Job went through. You know, he didn't do anything to deserve it. He wasn't tempted. Um, he wasn't on trial. He, he just, it was a test from God. Then there's the temptation, which is the 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 demonic or you know satanic approach of trying to keep get us to sin Jesus was tempted there's nothing wrong with being tempted but when we're tempted and we succumb to it then we sin then that even you know it causes more judgment unless we repent but then there's trials trials are simply things that happen in life because we live in a fallen world uh, i mean look at the pandemic that's a trial right i mean some people think it's a test from god some people think it's sent from the devil um and, and i I don't presume to know whether it's any of those things, but it's certainly a trial. All of, I mean, all of us have had to stay at home at various times. You asked me before the show started if I'd been traveling. I haven't been traveling. Hardly anybody's been traveling. You know, um, I want to go tell people in other parts of the world about Jesus. I can't do that right now. But my friends in other parts of the world, in India, for example, many of them are starving to death. It's because this pandemic has made a bad situation even worse. That's part of the trial of living in a fallen world. And I just heard the other day, Mother Teresa was asked by a reporter, where is God when a child dies in the streets of Calcutta? And she said, I have a better question. Where are you when that happens? Mm. And so suffering of others is an opportunity for us to step in and be, you know, the hands and feet of God. So it's it, the, the question of suffering is one that has caused people of some amount of faith to leave their faith. You know, there's a, a New Testament theologian, Bart Ehrman, who actually was at Princeton when I went there, and he's rejected the faith a number of years ago. He, he never was what you'd call a extremely biblically conscious you know believer, but he's just given up on it, and it's primarily because of this problem of suffering. Um, I, I, on the other hand, see the very same things that happen that, that, Bart's that Bart has seen. And I believe even more strongly than ever in a loving God, because I see his grace to so many. I see him available to us if we reach out to him. And there are many people who, who don't. And certainly there are those like Job who seem to be minding their own business And and, uh, the trials of life come on them or the tests of life come on them. And uh, in Job's case, at the end of the day, he passed the test. You know, he he didn't lose his faith, although through the course of the 40 chapters, it sounds like he does there for a little (laughs) bit, you know, and he certainly, you know, with friends like Job has, you don't want so many enemies, right? Because they're just accusing him, just admit you're a sinner. And then, you know, maybe this will stop, which he wasn't sinning. Uh, And at the end of the day, God actually said, ask Job to the to the three friends, ask Job to offer a sacrifice for you so that you'll be forgiven, because Job is the righteous one in the midst of it.
5: Yeah. It's Ask the Pastor with Reverend Chris Marshall. We're looking for your phone calls at 800-320-8255, 800-320-8255. Why aren't the phone lines ringing? I don't understand. What's happening? Are we having a technical difficulty? Hello? 800-320-8255 for Pastor Chris, but I have uh, all sorts of emails here, so I'm going to go to another one. Okay, uh, Chris, are you ready for this one? This is from Casey. Uh, Casey with a K says this, my boyfriend wants me to move in with him. My parents say I shouldn't. If he doesn't want to get married, I think I know what you're going to say, but I'll ask you anyway.
11: Interesting question. We live in a culture. We live in a culture that has basically said what's best for me is what I feel is best for me. And it feels like the best thing to do in this situation is to move in with your boyfriend. Um, one of the things that I have learned, and I'm I, some things I'll say I'm learning, but I'm 63 years old, and I can say I've learned this: when I do what feels best first, most of the time, if I know there's a biblical precedent that says the opposite, I don't feel good in about you know six months, mm-hmm. six mm-hmm. years. Yep. We have a, a, our our youth pastor, who's now our discipleship pastor, talks about 15 minute decisions and 15-year decisions. A 15-minute decision is, let me try that drug that I've never tried before. You know, everybody's doing it, so let me try it. And so you try it and and you end up in addiction. Uh, I've done a lot of um, Bible studies with recovering alcoholics and drug addicts. And I asked them this question, would you say this statement is true, that the reason you're in the situation you are right now is because you did something that you thought was going to feel good? And every single one of them has said, yes, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's always either I wanted to fit in with the group I was in. I wanted to make friends um, or I just thought it would feel good. Okay. And most of them say it did feel good. Um, so the answer that I'm going to give to the moving in with your boyfriend, God has made it clear that moving in with each other is something that happens after a marital relationship between a man and a woman. Many people don't believe that. But my experience has told me over 63 years of life that even that condition is difficult. I've been married for 41 years. It's not an easy thing to do that. But having the covenant of marriage before God in the relationship makes it so much more likely Mm -hmm. to be successful over time than just to have feelings.
4: Amen to that. Chris, we need to step away for just a minute. Pastor Chris Marshall is with us. It's our segment called Ask a Pastor. Taking your phone calls, 800-320-8255. We'll be back in a few more minutes with Pastor Chris Marshall.
1: Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary online each Wednesday in October at 7.30 p.m. for the combined McClure Lectures and World Mission Initiatives Month of Mission series titled Jesus Christ and the Dividing Wall, Race and God's Mission. You'll hear keynotes from the Rev. Dr. Brenda Salter-McNeil, the Rev. Jonathan Wilson-Hartgrove, and Dr. David Kant. The event is free to all who register. Learn more at
4: pts.edu. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows or Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company, and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, Pittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com.
2: Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. Liberty, Liberty,
0: Liberty,
8: Liberty.
4: Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love MyPillow or the MyPillow mattress topper more. Get a MyPillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee, MyPillow.com. Save 30%, use promo code WORD, or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about MyPillow, 800-391-0954. For the
6: best night's sleep in the whole wide world,
7: visit MyPillow.com.
4: Listen on your smart speaker,
7: the Word FM app, at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
13: Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies. Expect a low tonight, 56. Clouds and breaks of sunshine tomorrow, tomorrow's high, 77. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 54. Friday will be nice with clouds and sunshine. Expect a high of 77. Friday night, mainly clear skies, low 55. Saturday, increasing cloudiness and a high of 79. With your Mackie Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
5: Our Ask the Pastor segment with Reverend Chris Marshall. We're taking your calls at 800 320 8255. We've got D on the line. D, what's your question for Pastor Chris?
14: Hey. Hi, guys. How's it going? Well, that's good. Yeah, I have a question. I've read this like forever and I can't tell you exactly where the scripture is, but it's somewhere in Colossians when it says uh, that Paul said, I fill up in my flesh what is still um, lacking in Christ's afflictions.
10: Right, what does that mean? Right.
14: What does that mean? I mean, he said it was finished, and I, I'm like, well, what would it be?
11: Right. Well, D, that's a really good question that I don't think anybody has an absolute answer for. But what okay. I've, I've read a lot of commentaries on that particular verse, and I've reflected on that verse because, like you said, I mean, Jesus is the finished sacrifice. There doesn't need to be any more sacrifice. But I think what that means is in his life the suffering that he experienced it doesn't fill up christ really but it, it it's it's that it's purposeful that that our suffering is purposeful that it's not it's not a lack of jesus suffering but when right. we suffer there's a point to it that we are doing something that fulfills the 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 i guess i would say that fulfills the life in jesus christ the command in jesus christ and so he's He's constantly in jail or he's getting beaten or whatever. And Mm -hmm. this isn't like a random action. This doesn't, it has significance, it has meaning and purpose. And he knows that the Colossians also are going to be suffering (coughs) because in their day, I think as in any day, if you're truly willing to, in your own life, follow Jesus fully, there's going to be, whether it's only a minor. Um, ridicule from people all the way to martyrdom there's going to be suffering and so i i think what he means is that in that suffering we are participating in the same kind of suffering as jesus jesus suffering is all sufficient but our suffering is not meaningless that's what i believe it means and and i mean that's that's pretty much what i have for you d
14: well that yeah because we were it's a it's a honor even though it's hard to participate in his sufferings plus he said the greater the affliction the the, the for the more of the weight of glory you're going to have so so that's a blessing
0: mm.
11: right you know d one of the other things is in in our time we have often heard from pastors if you're following jesus you're going to be blessed you know you're going to be financially uh, yeah, right. blessed, physically blessed mm-hmm. so the idea that we can suffer for jesus it's not popular among american christians but it's a it's a very um, real thing in the early church. In the book of Acts, when they're arrested and beaten, they thank God that yeah. they're w- able to suffer for the cause.
5: Yeah, praise God and that you bear absolutely. that name. That's what Peter says, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 All Thanks right, D. Thank you very much for your phone call, D. Appreciate it. Need that. To we step away need- for
4: just a minute. Uh, please join us. Eight hundred three two zero eight two five five. Pastor Chris Marshall is with us from New Life Christian Ministries. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stick
7: O-R-T. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends.
2: With the best new music. New. New. new music. Born Ready. New music from Kobe James. When I was born
3: again, I was
0: born ready.
2: Love One Another by the Newsboys. Just do it. Love One Another. And Man of Your Word by Maverick City Music. You're a man. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira and Associates.
6: 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policy maker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks. So you can focus on people, not paperwork. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Hey,
9: excuse me, have you ever discussed life insurance?
6: Well... Sort of.
9: Have you talked about who'll pay the mortgage if one of you passes?
6: We definitely haven't talked about that.
9: Well, then you should talk to Select Quote shops for you. Getting you quotes from some of the country's most trusted companies. Finding you the right coverage, with the right carrier, at the right price in minutes.
6: Is it affordable?
9: Well, how affordable does $500,000 in coverage for as little as a dollar a day sound. That's great. We can afford that. To get your free quote, call 1-800-212-1166. Or go to selectquote.com today and get the protection they need at a price you can afford. That's 1-800-212-1166 or SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. This is Jerry
13: Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means.
5: Taking your questions for Pastor Chris Marshall. It's our Ask the Pastor segment at 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. Let's go to the phones and talk to Jay. Jay, thank you for calling. What's your question for Pastor Chris?
3: Uh, kind of like two questions, Pastor Chris. You talked about somebody leaving the faith because of suffering. And a couple of things I often struggle with, and I just try not to overthink it, is one is like the genocide in the Old Testament where they're commanded to kill everybody, and the other one is when, like, after World War II, the Germans, Russians came in, and these young girls are raped like ten times. And if some, if some believer asked me, how could God sit by and watch that? And, you know, if you had somebody living in your basement and they were doing some skullduggery to a child and you knew about it, you could get charged with the praise indifference. But how, how would you answer
10: somebody that asked that question?
11: Right, right. Well, you know, Jay, that is that, I think that's the most challenging question that we face as mm-hmm. believers. And actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to my pastor from when I was growing up. His name is Andy Wygant. And he recently started a podcast called Heart of a Friend. And in that podcast, Andy talks about 12 responses to the problem of sin and evil um, that we as believers... Oh, crap. I didn't want to do that. I'm sorry. I said crap online, but... Um, <laughs> why? Let me turn this <laughs> off. 12 reasons, uh, 12 reasons why... Um, we, even though there's suffering in the world, can trust in God. And, and one of the things that he um, said is, um, the, the question, This does this sounds like I'm copying out, but the question's a problem for everybody. It's not just a problem for believers, but it's a problem for atheists too. Because the fact that we're concerned about evil says that there must be evil. And atheists don't believe there's good or evil. You know, so the very fact of the problem of evil is a statement: there there must be a God who we can turn to, who is is good. And um, and and then one of the things that we need to understand is when God was judging the peoples of the you know the promised land, and Jericho is an example of what Jay's talking about that I mentioned earlier, where even the animals were killed. You know. God was not pleased with the condition of Jericho, and he's not pleased with the condition of things as they are today. He doesn't want people to be suffering. He doesn't want people to be sinning. His goal for all of us is for us to experience his goodness, his love, his truth. And um, as, as we think about all of the horrendous things that happened in the 20th century, which probably more people died at the hands of evil dictators in the 20th century than any time in the history of the world. Um, and, and that was in the modern times when we supposedly were, you know, I mean, think about it. Hitler said we were evolving, right? right. Sure. It, you know, we, we were evolving to be this master race. And, right. and yeah, and instead it was mastering evil is what it was really doing. Um, but the point is that in the midst of all of that, um, it's very easy to simply say God doesn't care and why doesn't he do something? And, and I always keep, I, I, every time I ask that question, I, I always feel in my own spirit going, well, have I done everything that I could have done? Did every believer in Germany do what they mm-hmm. could do? The answer is no. If all the Christians in the world, just right now, if all the Christians in the world would leverage our Wealth, our lives, our time, our talents, our treasure, how much suffering could we alleviate? And yet we get distracted, you know, with the busyness of life and with the accumulation of stuff. And I mean, what if we were as all in for eliminating suffering as Jesus was when he he died on the cross? And I think it's easy to point our finger at God rather than to say, what is our culpability in all of this? And, and certainly I, I, I agree with Jay. None of us, if we, I mean, if we saw a child being raped, we would try to do something. At least we say we would. But when the situation really comes up, do we? I know right now millions of people are starving in India. And our church has sent some money, you know. And, but what if every church in America sent some money? Um, what if we helped whatever the systemic problems are to be addressed? Those are big picture questions that um, you know we sometimes gloss over. Don't don't want to answer or are at a loss to answer. And uh, you know, and I and the fifth thing that Andy pointed out is God created us with freedom of choice, and we do have a choice in more situations than we think we do. Uh, I've seen so many people just sit by and say, "Well, what can I do?" You know, and even uh, you know the promo right before this segment was about voting and, and all of us have the opportunity to vote here in a couple of months and a month and a half, I guess it is now. And, and, you know, and I always say the last time I voted for a president that I really wanted, I was in my thirties. I had black hair, you know, <laughs> um, but we still need to vote the person who is going to make the most difference for the cause of justice the cause of you know good in the world and and for life all these different things that we as Christians say we believe but people will say well I'm just not going to vote because why what's the point of it or I'm and you can say I'm not going to blank whatever the blank is because it's so overwhelming and um, and and then let's just say it's all God's fault hmm. and um, I know that sounds a little harsh that's probably the harshest thing I've ever said in the nine years I've been coming on this show but well
4: thanks for stopping
11: by
3: <laughs> well I, I like to i like to like say for example like um uh if you're ordered to go and uh it, i mean you know if you're ordered to it would be difficult for me if I were back then and they said take the sword and kill babies and sure. pregnant right. women and little kids i mean like uh, that and, and if you don't do it, well, and you disobey God, then you then you're in trouble. You go to hell. Okay. Well, I mean, let me
5: just let me just break in though and say, Jay, we don't know what the people in Jericho were doing. I mean, it's amazing what you, if you came on a scene of immense violence yourself, you how
4: you could, would react.
5: How how would you react? I mean, perhaps violence on your part would be an appropriate violence. response. Mm-hmm,
4: yeah. yeah, but you know
3: what? I mean, it's like when you talk about the. Uh, you know, the complete, everybody. Uh, but, you know, right. I'm just playing. I'm i, I understand, I'm a believer in everything. Sure. But I just struggle sometimes. And, like, sometimes I just say, um, you know, maybe God has a sort of a, a non-interference prime directive that he gave uh, the earth over to man, and, and he's got to let some things play out. Uh, that's a good question, itself. Jay. That's
11: an excellent question. Jay, if he doesn't let it play out to some degree, then we don't have any kind well, of freedom. And if we don't have any kind of freedom, then we can't really love him. And that's I mean, I, I one of the things that I've learned as a parent is if um, my child gives me an obligatory Father's Day card because they made them in school, well, it would be a Mother's Day card in school. Um, then you know my, my wife would be happy. But if out of the clear blue sky our child comes and brings us this piece of art that she created because she loves us, there's so much more. Even if it's terrible, that's such a greater gift than if you had to do it. And, and I, I think so often that there's that, that aspect of this whole dynamic of God wants to f- have our, our love as a gift, um, just as his love for us is a gift. And so what he has to allow is for people to thumb our noses at him, to reject him, to revile him or say he doesn't exist, because otherwise there's no, there's no freedom in the offering. That's
4: good. Jay, thanks a lot for the phone call. We need to step away once again, but Pastor Chris Marshall is with us today. The segment we call Ask the Pastor. Pastor Chris is from New Life Christian Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. We'll be back in just a few minutes. More of Ask the Pastor ahead. Hi,
15: I'm John Henny from Henny Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for my skills, but let's say you've got the skills and you're building this bike and I offer you an advantage, a special tool that would help you build a bike faster while saving you legitimate money. My guess is, you'd say, bring it on. If you wouldn't, well, then this commercial isn't going to make much sense. My name is Ryan. I'm from United Faith Mortgage, and we believe we have an advantageous tool for you. Our mortgage team is lucky to have a direct lender advantage. Our company is set up to use its own money and make its own lending decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. and often. This advantage allows us to get your refinance or new home loan done faster and get you a better rate, which saves you monthly and lifelong money. Rates are historically low. Now is the time to see how our special tool might work for you. We are United Faith Mortgage.
0: United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
6: Tonight, the U.N. is warning that the pandemic is putting the world at risk of widespread famines of biblical proportions.
0: Even as we here in the U.S. continue to struggle with the coronavirus, in poor countries like Haiti and Guatemala, COVID-19 is also creating a food crisis, which is leading to starvation. Angela Loma is with food for the poor.
9: Almost every single one of our partners said that food is the greatest need right now.
0: But the church is rising to meet this need.
9: The thought of any child going
3: without food just breaks my heart. You know, God has blessed us all beyond what we can imagine. we got to do what we can to help, especially kids that don't have anything to eat.
0: Join 101.5, Word FM, and Food for the Poor in rescuing children. Just $37 provides six months of life-saving food for one child. How many children can you save? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword, hope. Dial pound 250 from your cell and say, hope. Or click the red emergency food banner at wordfm.com.
16: Today, everyone is expecting you to maintain a new level of clean, from customers and employees to students and staff. Sintas has the essential products and services to help you carry out cleaning protocols effectively. We'll keep you well stocked with cleaning supplies, professionally laundered uniforms, and other essentials like face masks, hand sanitizer, and thermometers. Give everyone the confidence they need to keep coming back. Visit Centos.com and get ready for the workday.
5: wrapping up the hour with Pastor Chris Marshall in our Ask the Pastor segment at 800-320-8255. We have one call on the line right now. Let's go to Alpha. Alpha, thanks for calling. What's your question for Pastor Chris?
10: Thank you so much. Um, I love your show. I listen to you as long as I can every day. Thank you, Alpha. Um, Pastor Chris, my son is 20 years old. And about three years ago, he just broke down in tears and asked me to baptize him. And of course I did. And as that young Christian, you're very vulnerable, and the devil really comes at you and sends his, his well, demons to come at you. And they're just per- so persistent for him. It's exhausting. I have given him every tool I know. I've taught him how to rebuke. I've prayed over him. Um, I-, I don't know what else to do, what else to give him. To help him with this battle, that other Christians will laugh at and say it's all in his imagination.
11: Well, you know, the, Alpha, the thing is, the the world that we can't see is more real than the one that we can, because that's where we're going to spend eternity. I mean, in Apostle Paul in Ephesians six talks about the struggle that we have is not with flesh and blood, and and we see the flesh and blood struggles but we can't see the spiritual struggles. And so Paul says that we have to arm ourselves against the strategies of the devil. And obviously, I'm sure from what you just said, you know what the armor of God is. Yeah. Yeah. And we have each aspect of that armor. And I think in our lives, if if what Paul said in Ephesians 6 is to be taken seriously, then we need to make sure that... I, I had somebody say to me one time, you know, I get up every morning, I put on the spiritual armor, and I say, well, I never take it off. I mean, it's spiritual. It's <laughs> not like I have to take off the helmet of salvation when I go to bed, put it back on in the morning. You know, you can leave it on 24-7. And, and so, but what what Paul also uh, talks about, what Jesus talks about, is the necessity of other believers. You know, we're not supposed to fight the battle alone. So I don't right. know if he has, and, and, and this, and it's really hard in this day and age, to find other Christian friends, especially among young adults, but that's a very important thing to strengthen exactly. us. Um, and I would encourage that. I mean, and praying for your son and having him pray in the name of Jesus for himself—very important. Prayer is, yeah. you know, not a substitute for action; it's an action for which there's no substitute. Um, and and the things that we can do, and most of all, persistence. We got to persist. Mm-hmm.
4: Right. And I think that community, uh, Chris, I think that's to me is so key that you surround yourself by other people who are also those warriors that are with you, whether in spirit or prayer or physically, as often as possible.
5: Alpha, thank you for your phone call.
4: We're going to pray for you, Alpha, and for your son.
5: Thank you. Thank you.
4: Yeah. All
5: right. Thanks, Chris. Great to hear from you. Chris Marshall, New Life Christian
4: Ministries in Saxonburg, Pennsylvania. Pastor Chris Marshall.
7: Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, in and on Radio.com, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh.
16: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A Kentucky grand jury has brought no charges against Louisville police for the killing of Breonna Taylor during a drug raid gone wrong. Prosecutors say that two officers who fired their weapons were justified in using force to protect themselves. Instead, Officer Brett Hankinson was charged with three counts of wanton endangerment for firing into the apartments of Taylor's neighbors. Federal investigators looking into whether a huge wildfire near Los Angeles was sparked by Southern California Edison utility equipment. Senate Republicans moving ahead with plans to confirm President Trump's pick to fill the seat of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. The president set to announce his nominee on Saturday. Stocks closing sharply lower, the Dow dropped 525 points, the NASDAQ was off 330, and the S&P 500 fell 78. This is SRN News. When it comes to higher education, it's worth
1: considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and the content and perspective of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 26th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 26th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from to 1. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Please adhere to COVID-19 guidelines.
4: We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company and all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsarouspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry, from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, or us pittsburgh.com That's or us pittsburgh.com Seasons of change and
1: uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms. Accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. This is Albert Bowler with another word about the upcoming election. There is so much at stake. We might not be able to vote as conveniently as we have voted before, but that just puts on Christian citizens the responsibility to work even harder to make sure that we vote and that our vote counts. Too much is at stake to sit this election out. So, whatever it takes, go vote.
13: Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies, expect a low tonight 56. Clouds and breaks of sunshine tomorrow, tomorrow's high 77. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 54. Friday will be nice with clouds and sunshine, expect a high of 77. Friday night mainly clear skies, low 55. Saturday increasing cloudiness and a high of 79. With your Mackey Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
3: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy,
4: live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. I think for a lot of people, the question that we're all asking is, when do we get back to normal? When are things going to reopen? When can I go out and go to the theater or to the store or whatnot, And like I used to do? I miss that so much. Well, here's a slice of bad news, and it's not unexpected, but it is still shocking. This is from today's New York Times. The Metropolitan Opera of New York City announced today that the uh, still uh, ongoing uh, coronavirus pandemic has forced the Met to cancel its entire 2021 season prolonging it to the gravest crisis it has faced in its 137-year history and keeping the Met dark at least until next September.
5: Oh, my gosh.
4: So that's just the tiniest tip of the iceberg. If the Met in New York City, of course, it's a a major institution in the city. If the Met is saying that, then the same, I would think, have to be said probably, most likely, for Broadway. And if it's Broadway... Then you look at all the regional theaters, the Pittsburgh Public Theater here in the city of Pittsburgh, City Theater, you name it. There are hundreds, if not a thousand, Lort theaters across the country. Of course, the symphony, you name it, arts are on their knees. Mm. A, A friend of mine who is a lighting designer, who he's made his living as a lighting designer for the past 40 years, recently got a job he says he tells me 60% less than his regular salary working for a medical supply company because he needed an income. First time he said in 40 years, he's not working in the arts. So here it is. Wow!
5: I got to tell you that really, that like is a kick kick in the gut. 20 September. I mean, I keep, I keep thinking that maybe, you know, I, my family's had season tickets to the Pittsburgh public theater for, I don't know, since I was like, Eight, um, and I keep thinking. So when when's that going to come back? No, you know, and or I'm thinking about you know walking down mm-hmm. on uh, Penn Avenue in the cultural district and sure. walking by Heinz Hall and seeing what's playing, and then walking by the Benedum and seeing what's playing, and I, I just really I yeah. don't.
4: I mean, look, it's unprecedented. I mean, even during the Great Depression, theaters were open, right? Right. Um, this, if you're a musician, an actor, a, a creative in some way. Man, I don't know what that future holds for you. I even to go out and find yourself a regular job, that has to be, you know, fortunate to do that. Right. Although people in the arts often are the most resourceful and truly they're driven, so I, I would think that they would, you know, close the gap on that. But still, the clock is ticking and theaters are closing, and there's a heartbreak.
5: Yeah, and I don't I just don't have a good idea how best to respond to that because you know initially people, you know, uh, bands or solo artists were doing concerts online. Sure. And then all of us started working online and that became less interesting, mm-hmm. right? Because if you're online all day at work, you don't want to go watch an online concert that no, night. You, you know, know, it's it's just really hard to be online online online. However, you know, my husband and I, um, my husband's a musician, uh, only a part-time musician. So he has not lost, you know, the whole bottom hasn't fallen out of our income like it has for a lot of full-time musicians. But, but he had regular gigs. But he had regular jobs. So it's a—it's still a big difference to like what's happening monthly in our family. Sure. Um, one thing we started doing is trying regularly to instead of watching, you know, a TV show on Netflix or watching <clears> a movie <throat> or something, we're going to watch some music. Um, now that's not helping the musician because it's stuff that's already been done, but it helps us. You know what I mean? It like keeps us appreciating the arts and loving music and that sort of thing. Um So... Uh, I think that that's also a concern. It's not just for the performers and the set designers and the lighting designers and people who work in film and music and all that. As as unbelievable as their change of life has been over the last six months, it's a big deal for us. We need to not die inside, right? We need to make sure that we are continuing to interact with the arts in a way that enliven our spirit.
4: Yeah, because, Um, you know, the arts talk to you in a different language. Right, so we need Absolutely. that, we need to feed on that sort of thing. look i mean our, our, I can think about our caller that last hour uh the the woman whose son well, you know just surrounded by dark activity, demonic activity i mean i don 't think it 's an exaggeration to think about the world right now, yeah, and people are so deprived of so many things that we we necessarily need I mean, you know, you could debate you know the value of arts, which I believe is ridiculous. We need the arts. And the powers of darkness are separating us from so many things that we love. Uh, to pray together as a community, that's the necessary thing. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. It just is to turn the key to have some sort of, you know, at least I have some control over this in some way, right? right? Okay, I can't go to the theater. I can't go see a play. I can't listen to live music. But I can do something to bring it back to some sense of normalcy, and that is to be on my knees, coming before the Lord of the Universe to wipe away all the all that suffering, or at least to start to take the first steps into that.
5: Right. I don't know. It's a difficult time. If you it know an artist, truly. if you know someone who's in film or music or fine art, whatever it is, whatever they're doing, support them if you can. Seriously, I mean, Comment this. It, I, I'm not. I'm not exaggerating when I say these are very, very dire times for artists
4: yes they are let us take a break when we come back we're going to talk about the culture war what exactly is the culture war and what is happening now when the culture war in many ways is turning into guerrilla warfare cap stewart is with us in a few minutes with those thoughts here on the ride home
7: 101.5 O-R-G. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend with the best new music. New-,
2: new music. Graves into Gardens, new music from Elevation Worship. Place, who am I? By Need to Breathe. by you. And I need a ghost by Brandon Lake. I need a- the best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers and Dennis Spira
7: and Associates. 101.5 WORD.
12: On the weekend. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-308-6638. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-308-6638 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800 308 Sixty-six thirty-eight For your free consultation and to see if you qualify, that's 800-308-6638.
9: When does a person get rights? When a person is a person. All across our nation.
0: Our nation is divided. In our homes, in social media, everywhere you turn. But what is at the heart of this division? In the new movie Divided Hearts of America, Super Bowl champion and executive producer Benjamin Watson searches for the truth.
7: This is one of the worst possible choices that any woman and her family has to make.
0: You'll discover why the most polarizing debate of this century boils down to the sacred
13: dignity of human life. There is no personhood under law for fetuses we don't have that in this country
0: with divided hearts of america you'll learn what you need to be armed to fight what divides us and come to a place of real unity with empathy healing and real hope be part of the change and watch divided hearts of america go to salemnow.com to purchase use promo code family for 20 percent off salemnow.com promo code family
4: Cap Stewart is with us. Cap, Cap is recognized by Zondervan Academic, one of the top Christian thinkers on sexualized entertainment. Cap, I can be honest. I'm sure you want to be proud of that, my friend. So welcome to the show. <laughs> i just saying. For, uh, for having me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know you, but that's the weirdest introduction I've ever given.
17: (laughs) Well, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I I try to stand out, and so uh, so that's one way to do it.
4: I meant to do like the proper thing and be straight about it, but I just started to laugh in the middle of it. I'm thinking, (laughs) (laughs) my apologies. (laughs) Cap's
5: first time on the show. He's like, "What the heck did I walk into?" (laughs) Good grief! All right, (laughs) Cap, let's start talking about culture war. Um, What's what's the culture war? Why that terminology?
17: Sure, and you know, I, I'm sure many people have different definitions, but I like the overall idea, I think is just this fact that we have these different social groups, whether it's socioeconomic, ethnic, political, whatever, and they're struggling for dominance to have their, their their values or their their practices, kind of the um, the norm or the standard or to be the controlling force in. Whatever policies are being passed, whether it's through you know the political arena or or the business world or whatnot, but just that whole idea that we're kind of segregated into these different groups and we're fighting each other for for control.
4: Right. Okay. So then, an example of the culture wars would be you know the you know the annual uh, Starbucks Christmas cup, which was absolutely ridiculous, right? <laughs>
17: right. Yes. Yes. That would be an example. Yes
9: yes
4: okay so then take it a little further right now um the president is talking about you know a supreme court justice nomination and the front runner apparently is looked at askew from the popular culture as though she's some religious crazy zealot
17: right i i haven't uh, i've seen a few articles haven't read a whole lot but it does seem like there's yeah, that that's quite overblown. And that's just, I mean, that that is a part of the culture wars. If you if you have this mindset where your ideological opponent is just basically the scum of the earth and out to destroy everything that you know about life that is true and right and good, then you're going to try to paint them in the worst possible light you possibly can just to prove how... How right you are, and like I see that all across—not not just on those who would, you know, be against a, a Christian worldview—but I see that for those of us, say, on the pro-life movement, or or any other demographic, is just it's universal, and it's uh, it's saddening to see that kind of discourse that, right. that we've gotten to to that point.
5: Right, Cap, and you know, you're right in seeing saying that we see that all the time. You know, if you ask the question to someone, you know, why why would you support a candidate like that, or, you know, why right. would you, why would you say that on Twitter? You know, the response is, well, <laughs> because it's a war, you know, the opposition is about to end America as we know it. So, you know, right. this is this is a last gasp. I have to fight back. This is what I have to do.
17: Right. Yes. And that it, it's so easy to get in that mindset. I think, I think I've been, um, I've been working on some other articles related to this and am reminded on, uh, I think it's, Matthew 5, where Jesus is saying, okay, you heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And, and that tends to be like human relationships apart from the grace of God, that tends to be kind of the the, the two buckets we put people into. Like they're my friends, the people that I know and love, and I respect them. And then everyone else, they're their enemy. And he's saying, whoa, 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 no, you, you can't do that. Everyone's your neighbor. And even if they're enemies, functionally so, you're still called to to love them, even if even if you disagree with them. And so right. there's certainly room for cultural engagement there's room for calling out the the, the lies the hypocrisy the the, the the wrong world views within our culture like we, we need to do that to be the light of Christ in the world but but like and, and, and with my recent article for a uh, gospel coalition the the ultimate point what I was trying to make there was not so much like the terms we're using are wrong like you can use the term culture war, fine. that's you know, that's not inherently wrong, but what tactics are we using? Are we actually treating other people like functional enemies or are we treating them the way Christ treated us, who were once his enemies, and he, he loved us anyway.
4: Yes. We're talking with Cap Stewart. He's referring to a piece that he wrote uh, with the Gospel Coalition. If you're fighting the culture war, you're losing. So, Cap, I mean, the point is, is excellent. You're saying that, you know, it's not really the culture war we're fighting. We're fighting a spiritual war. And so whether, you know, right. it's, it's brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, we're all involved in fighting the darkness.
17: Right, exactly, yes. Yeah, it's a, there. There's no debate. At least I, I, wouldn't hope there is, that the Christian is involved in a war. Like we, it, it is a war, but like you said, it's a, it's a spiritual war, and that has cultural implications for sure because Satan, as the god of this world blinds of minds of unbelievers, and he's, he's literally the God of this world. So obviously his influence is going to be filtered into this world that we live in and the culture we're a part of, but, but we don't fight the way he fights because we have our marching orders from someone who, who won us over and defeated us, so to speak, in, in a much different way than, than is you know, w- what is natural,
4: humanly speaking. Right. I mean, years ago, uh, Cap, I went to uh, Gethsemane, which is a a monastery uh, in Kentucky. And I I spent a a little over a week there. And so I'm there and I'm I'm watching these monks, you know, and they're praying, uh, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, at four o'clock in the morning, at Mm 7 a.m. You know, they're going through this cycle of daily prayer. And I'm just following Ah. along for a week. And as I'm driving home, I'm thinking, there's, there's the front line of warfare right there. Mm. It's not somebody yelling mm. about a Starbucks cup, but it's those <laughs> men and women who are daily engaged in prayer and supplication, surrendering to, to themselves in humility to the Lord. They're the ones who are at war with the dark forces.
17: Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and if anything, as I've been writing about this more often than in the recent past, that's one thing that has stuck out to me is I just realized, okay, my... My, and I guess all of us probably are this degree one, t- one degree or another, just realizing, wow, my, my prayer life is not where it needs to be, because this really is the front lines of how we, how we fight the battle. And Jesus said, you know, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. How, how often do I pray for the people that I disagree with or that I'm worried about or that I'm tempted to be angry toward? And uh, I, I need to focus my sights on my, my real strategies that God himself has given me.
5: Cap Stewart is with us. Cap, we're talking with. We're sorry, we're talking with Cap about uh, culture <laughs> wars about that about that terminology. And I want to go into another area that John brought up earlier, in, in which you are a uh, certified specialist, um, and that is just <laughs> the, the sexualization of entertainment. This is a culture war issue. Right. If you talk about the hashtag Me Too movement, so you know, sure. I'm I'm a woman. I've I've been in the workplace a long time. I have two daughters. Um, who are in college right now and are obviously going to be entering the workplace soon. This is a conversation, the hashtag MeToo conversation we've had for the last decade. Um, as I've shared different mm. work, different, you know, employment experiences I've had. Um, so you've got the hashtag Me Too movement happening and then right. you turn on, you turn on YouTube and you look at any pop star, their current video and you think, right. really, really, really our biggest problem is how people are treated in the workplace. Not that workplace isn't a problem, but what are we right. watching on YouTube?
17: Right. Yes. Yeah. It, and that is actually one area that I have spent um, a majority of my writing and cultural engagement time on is just the pervasive hypersexualization of our society and of our entertainers in particular and how, it, like it's good for us to say, hey, this is a problem. But like even for Christians, to uh, the huge outcry uh, in response to Cuties, which I think there's a lot of legitimate um, critique that that film needs to have because of what it did. But at the same time, like, like you said, are, do we watch these kinds of music videos? Do we go to these other movies where it's adults who are being sexualized? And, and, and we don't care because we'll either skip the scene or we'll, we'll uh, close our eyes, but we'll still give money toward that. And like... We're still being involved in that process, even if we might say we don't want to promote that process. And so it's, uh, it's, it, it's an issue that needs a lot of we, a lot of conversations. Uh, the body of Christ needs to address that more fully. Yeah. And, and that's definitely an area where where we need to very much be involved with the culture. and um, but, but even like, even with something like that, like we don't I, I don't think we need to be militant. About that, I, in fact, my my latest article on my blog is uh, directly addresses the director of Cuties, and I I attempted um, to speak directly to her because I'm seeing a lot of talking about her, which which is fine. It, it's a public movie; it can be discussed in the public realm. But I wanted to address her specifically and say, "Hey, I I appreciate your heart because I know you were trying to fight this, but because we all are so steeped in this culture, you're using some of the same tools that." that the people you're critiquing are using to promote the message that, that I agree with, but it's, it's, it's the wrong way. And so it's like, it's, it, it, it it's tricky. It is tricky. <laughs> it's tricky to, to, to engage in a way that is winsome and loving, but also still holds up tightly onto the truth and honors God. And so it's, um it just requires, it requires wisdom. Every single interaction just requires mm. wisdom to, to, to be able to handle properly.
4: Cap Stewart's with us. Cap has released the online course, Personal Purity Isn't Enough, The Long-Forgotten Secrets to Making Scriptural Entertainment Choices. So... Cap, what about that? I mean, when you look at the culture wars and you look at personal purity and as believers, I mean, you you essentially could say, well, I guess Christians have lost the cultural war as far as personal purity because we are overrun. And, you know, any well-meaning person like yourself and you're talking, you know, you're writing to the director of Cuties, that, that Netflix movie that's been trending for the past couple of weeks or so. It's right. kind of like, you know, throwing something into the abyss because the culture, I mean, <laughs> we're selling, we're selling insurance or we're selling, everything has sex around it now. So you just kind of have to bow your head and move through it all.
17: Right. It It, it is, there, there's no short term solution, but I, I think if we, as the body of Christ, can can respond more appropriately in our own hearts and lives, and make more wiser decisions regarding what entertainment we allow ourselves to financially support and be a part of. Uh, I mean, like that might not change the world in and of itself, but if we're if we can more effectively honor God and then just talk to our neighbors and people we interact with, this is why I didn't go see that movie, or this is why I didn't watch that. That, that That is making a cultural difference, and that is honoring God, who doesn't call us ultimately to say, hey, every Christian is called to change the world. It's every Christian is called to, to love God and, and love their neighbor. And so if we can get more focus on that, I think we can have a better effect on, on the culture yeah. at, uh, at large.
12: Yeah, because
5: I don't want I, I to be the moral majority. You know, I don't want to be everybody's morality <laughs> right. police.
4: Well, do, well, do you and, want to right. you know, no. boycott
5: Yeah, I I was just reading Paul the other night. He says, "Why, why are you concerned? Why are you picking on people who aren't in the church about their morality? Mm. Like, you know, Mm. leave leave them alone. You know, be concerned about yourself (laughs) and what's going on in the church, right? Right? So, I don't want to be that person, but at the same time, I do want to like speak up for myself as a woman, my daughters, that women, I that what I'm seeing in music videos is absolutely appalling. It just as a human being appalling."
17: Yes, yes, it uh, it is. I uh, we are very careful about what media we, we intake, so it's it's fairly fairly reduced.
4: <laughs> That's for sure. It is sure, yeah. So Cap, you have kids, right?
17: I do. I have three daughters, so I I am very invested in doing what I can to contribute to a culture that honors. Women as being made in the image of God, and that their value does not come from some other aspect of their, you know, how they look or how they act. And so, uh, so yeah, yeah, I, 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 I have them in mind a lot.
4: <laughs> I'm sure you do. So that conversation you're having around the dinner table, and they're ingesting that and loving you and wanting to honor you as their father. At the same time, whenever they leave the house, boy, they are walking a tightrope. Are they not?
17: They will now. My my daughter, my oldest, is six, so we have a little bit of time before they okay, uh, we, we get to that stage. But uh, yeah,
5: <laughs> well, listen, when you get to that stage, look out yeah. because the problem is, <laughs> I discovered this when yes. my kids were about fourteen. Is that mm. those aren't those weren't music videos I was watching, but those were music videos right. they were watching. That's where the problem. is. Right. And that's why we can yep. say, oh, well, you know what? I don't watch that kind of thing. Well, it doesn't matter if you're not watching it because a ton of other
6: people, <laughs> especially people in your house are.
17: Yeah, they sure are. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to be a kind of parent who enters into my child or children's world where they are with the current cultural influences that they have so that I can walk through that with them and help them develop wisdom and discernment and not just stand from afar and say, well, you know. I'm not interested in that. So what's the big deal? And uh, I, I want to be able to affect culture that way just by parenting my, my, my
4: children. Well, right. We're talking to cap Stewart. He has uh, the personal purity uh, re- uh, online course, personal purity. Isn't enough. The long forgotten secrets to making scriptural entertainment choices. Cap people hear this conversation and they want to connect with you talking about the culture wars or personal purity. Where can they find you online?
17: The two Best places they can find me would be at uh, just the capsteward.com, which is C-A-P and then S-T-W-A-R-T. Capsteward.com is where I do a majority of my writing. And then, of course, the online course is uh, where I uh, have a lot of my material as well. And that's the, um, the website is uh, christiansandmovies.com.
4: Very good. Hey, Cap, thanks enough a lot. We really appreciate you being on the front lines. This is a really important issue. So thank you so much for your work. Oh, it is my
17: pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on on the show. It's been an honor.
4: Our pleasure. Cap Stewart, find him online, Personal Purity. It's really one of the big issues of our day. Take a quick break, come back. Uh, Oh, we're going to talk in a little bit with someone from Focus on the Family about a new event that they're producing. Stay tuned for that conversation. Hey, this is Owen Strand with
1: a quick word on the upcoming election. So much of what we care about is at stake religious liberty all of our first amendment freedoms the cause of life and reliable judges rule of law even civil order make sure you're registered and prepared to vote whether at the polling place or by absentee ballot our nation is at a crossroads and every vote counts don't sit this election out
12: a vehicle is stolen once every 40 seconds in the United States. The cost adds up to over $6 billion a year. But there are steps you can take to help put the brakes on vehicle theft. Roll up the windows completely. Don't leave valuables in the car. Take the keys or the fob with you. Lock the doors. If you have information on vehicle theft, contact the NICB. Reach us at one 800 tel or visit www.nicb.org. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Planning a vacation can be a lot of fun, but preparing for retirement,
6: not so much. It's confusing. That's where Kevin Bach can help, showing you how to generate retirement income, how to choose a good Social Security claiming strategy, and how to help minimize your tax obligations. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553. Kevin Bach is not affiliated with the social security administration or any other government agency insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach PA insurance license. Number three, five, two, eight, nine, six. If
4: you're a believer in Jesus, then you know the power of what community is all about. There is something about everyone moving in the same direction, or at least trying to move in the same direction. The goal is always grace and forgiveness and peace in Jesus Christ. Now, when you look at the pandemic across America, and especially in the recent higher education rise of pandemic cases, you know things are off the charts. Well, look, at Grove City College, because people are moving in the same direction, and I'm not saying this is going to last forever, but right now, the pandemic is very low-key at Grove City College because, I believe, the power of community and that nature that everyone is together. That's why we're thrilled, Kath and I, that both our kids attend Grove City College right now.
5: Yeah, you're right, John, because things can change at any time. We've seen this, right, story after story over the last six months. But I join with you in saying that I'm confident that at least there is a concerted effort of people trying. There's an administration that is really behind a consistent, solid plan, and they're being really good about following through. I mean, there's not much more we can do in times like this other than have a plan and try to stick to it, and they are.
4: Right. And the students get the message and they're working it too. Excellence in action. Look online at Grove City College, GCC.edu. That's Grove City.
7: We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD FM, Pittsburgh, at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com.
13: Tonight we'll see partly cloudy skies, expect a low tonight 56. Clouds and breaks of sunshine tomorrow, tomorrow's high 77. Clear skies tomorrow night with a low of 54. Friday will be nice with clouds and sunshine, expect a high of 77. Friday night mainly clear skies, low 55. Saturday increasing cloudiness and a high of 79. With your Mackey Weather Forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
5: The question is, what would you do to keep your cell phone for a month? So if what? somebody said to you, you have to pick this or that, and this was your phone. Yeah. And that was your pet. What? Which would you choose? That's the question that was asked by Simple Texting, an online SMS marketing platform. They surveyed over 1,000 American smartphone users to see what sacrifices they would make to stay connected via phone. So the question is, for a one-month time, would you give up your pet so that you could have your phone?
4: So the question is, my dog, Gus, Mm -hmm. or my iPhone?
5: For a month, not forever, just That's for a
4: ridiculous. month. I mean, seriously, I would keep my dog regardless. You're, who cares about the phone? Give me my dog.
5: I love my dog. I need that dog. He's my bud. Well, listen, you are in the minority my friend. What? What? It turns, it turns out that when phone obsessed, and I'm reading from people.com, by the way. You know people. Oh, yeah. The magazine I only allow myself to buy when I'm going on a long air, long <laughs> airline trip. It uh, turns out that when phone-obsessed animal lovers, John, are asked to pick between their pet or their phone, close to half are willing to part ways oh, with their
4: pet for a month of a. That is so pet. sad. That's what kind of pet owners are you?
5: Forty percent of survey participants said they'd rather be separated from their dog for a month over their smartphone for a month. So I misspoke because I yep. said you're in the majority. You're in the minority. You're okay. actually in the majority, but Good there kid. are forty percent of respondents that say, no, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep my phone over my cat, dog, bird, Um, or alligator.
4: Well, that just goes to show you where we are, right? People are in love with their mobile devices.
5: Okay, but are you ready for the clincher? Mm. You want want to get the cherry on top of the sausage? Sure. (laughs) Pets still have romantic partners beat because the same survey found that 44% of respondents would give up seeing their significant other for a month to keep their smartphone. Holy
4: smokes. I mean, that bodes so poorly for our society. Look, I'm watching this film. I think it's on Prime called The Social Dilemma. It essentially talks about our addiction and big tech's manipulation to keep us addicted to Mm -hmm. social media. Mm -hmm. It's really frightening. It's truly scary. Right. Well, That's it right there. That's you in a nutshell.
5: Well, I think it is because right? 44% are saying see you later to their spouse, boyfriend, oh. girlfriend, whatever it is so that they can keep a handle on their phone.
4: Heaven help us. Mm-hmm. Keep those who, who you love close. Listen,
5: I wouldn't give up my cats. No. Gus and Shar are my good friends. I need those
4: guys. What did I get? Well, I, oh, I gave you uh, in this or that a couple weeks ago. It was uh, Burton Guster or Catalina.
5: Yeah, Catalina. I, listen. And I love Catalina Island. That's yeah. one of my favorite places on the globe. Like, and I picked Burton Guster.
4: Okay. So clearly you're liking you know, on the same camp that we are. I mean, good anyway, grief. Long live our pets. Well, let's take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk about a new venture for Focus on the Family. Stick around for this exciting news. That's next year on The Ride Home with John and Kathy.
7: W-O-R-D.
2: You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're
4: big fans. Each month, the kitchen calendar at our house flips over to a new month. Well, it was March, then April, May, June, July. August, September, and even though for a lot of people this crazy pandemic feels like time has stopped or altered, time stops for no one. So what have you been waiting for? Because time moves on, and time is money, and it all feels overwhelming, but interest rates are so low, and how low can they go? Low, low. So now is the time before the calendar flips over to a new month to make a change in your finances. United Faith Mortgage, where faith and family come first. And it's not just some cheese ball slogan, it's real. So have confidence that their direct lender advantage will save you money and stress. UnitedFaithMortgage.com
0: United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672.
1: When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and the content and perspective of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 26th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 26th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Please adhere to COVID-19 guidelines.
0: First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community.
10: The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music mm-hmm.
7: and the people.
9: The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation.
7: The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I
4: want everybody in the Pittsburgh to come and experience. First
1: Presbyterian Church Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart.
4: Abortion and racism. Focus on the Family is invested in tackling this very difficult subject. Here to talk to us about that is Robin Chambers. Robin Chambers is the Director of Advocacy for Children at Focus on the Family. Robin, welcome to the show.
5: Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Sure. Um, Abortion deeply rooted in racism. Tell us about it. Well, if
14: many people aren't familiar with the beginnings of Planned Parenthood, I always challenge them to Google Margaret Sanger and find um, information about her and her legacy. And I use that term very loosely. It's not a legacy that I would be proud of. Um, But she started by um, saying that there are lesser people among us. Um, and the greatest travesty is to bring those, those people into the world. And I think about that. And, you know, if you look at even her written documents, it was specifically targeting the African-American community. And that's exactly what they do today. Um, you'll hear from one of our speakers at Sea Life 2020 this Saturday, Christina Bennett, and she very articulately talks about the number of African-American babies aborted that are born alive in New York City, in the boroughs, and how we've eradicated an entire um, generation of young people. And so I want people to really be aware of that. Um, And Planned Parenthood is is still doing that today. They're still targeting, um, you know, our minority communities. And so that's what's so important for our pregnancy centers to be in those communities and serving those women.
4: Wonderful, Robin, talk to us about Sea Life 2020.
14: Yes, well, we originally thought we were going to do five in-person locations across the United States, and then COVID-19 hit. And, of course, we want to be really sensitive to not doing those big gatherings um, and want to make sure that we are, you know, protecting people's health. And so that caused us to be a little more creative in what we were doing. And so we decided to do a big digital premiere because the message is still very important, and that message is protecting life. Um, in the womb, and so we still wanted to have um, an event, and decided to do it in a digital format. And I think your listeners are going to be in for a treat. We have amazing speakers, beautiful music that was written specifically for our event, and will be performed for the first time um, during that event.
5: So Sea Life 2020, produced by Focus on the Family, will take place on Saturday, September 26th, and a portion of the program will be dedicated to the critical conversation of abortion as it relates to racism. Um, tell mm-hmm. us, Robin, are there ways that people can be involved in this? Is there a, a question and answer time? Is there any type of back and forth that people can expect?
14: Um, yes to all of the above. And so the way that they can get involved is to go to our Focus on the Family website, just focusonthefamily.com slash C-S-E-E dash life. And that takes them to a page where we're asking your listeners to sign the pledge. And that pledge is something that we created with several um, national organizations, pro-life leaders that joined together. Um, And that really is a way for us to join the movement to end abortion. And so from there that takes them to a page on how they can register for the event. It's a free online event. And then that will also give them information on how they can get involved post the event. But during the event itself, there will be a way for your listeners to comment online. We have moderators that will be um, available that evening. And, of course, we are very sensitive to the fact that there could be men and women who have had an abortion decision in their past. And we will have um, live Phones available, counselors available for people who might need to talk a little bit further about that decision and how they can begin the journey to find hope and healing.
4: Wonderful. Robin, we greatly appreciate the work that Focus is doing to raise the attention about abortion in this country. Go online this weekend, focusonthefamily.com forward slash C-S-E-E-C-Life, focusonthefamily.com forward slash C-Life. Robin, thanks again. Always a pleasure.
14: Thanks so much for having me on, and thank you for getting the word out. And we know we couldn't do it without the partnership of folks like you, so thank you so much.
4: We need to step away for just a minute. Uh, there's news about uh, restaurants coming and going in downtown Pittsburgh. Stick around for that conversation. the so right I'm with John Acatney here on Warner News.
18: Hi, everybody. It's me, Marsha, from the Spring House. Isn't this a fabulous time of year, especially on our dairy farm in Washington County, PA? The pumpkins are turning, the corn is waving in the wind, and the hog quarters are on the pit every Sunday through the end of October. That's right. It's time for our annual 4-H hog roast. Mom bought a bunch of 4-H hogs that we will be roasting over the open pit outside all morning long. Alongside that tender, tasty, charred pork, we'll be serving pork and kraut, barbecued pork, and peeled mashed potatoes, with pork drippings gravy, sage stuffing, baked beans, homemade applesauce, and all kinds of family recipe fall veggies and casseroles. We'll even have live music by local musicians. To keep the crowd spread out and everybody healthy this year, we have two jumbo tents set up outside too. And the pumpkin patch hay rides will run 11 to 5 all weekend. Good old-fashioned fall fun and feasting on the farm. Come join us at springhousemarket.com.
1: Join Pittsburgh Theological Seminary online each Wednesday in October at 7.30 p.m. for the combined McClure Lectures and World Mission Initiatives Month of Mission series titled Jesus Christ and the Dividing Wall, Race and God's Mission. You'll hear keynotes from the Rev. Dr. Brenda Salter-McNeil, the Rev. Jonathan Wilson-Hartgrove, and Dr. David Cant. The event is free to all who register. Learn more at pts.edu.
4: Hello, this is Jack Graham, pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church in Dallas and voice of PowerPoint Radio. Let me encourage you to be prepared to vote in this upcoming election. Before the Lord, it is our right and our responsibility to take part in the democratic process. The stakes are far too high to sit back and let others choose the course for our nation's future. Register, plan ahead, and please vote. Vote. Drusky Entertainment
1: proudly presents Skillet in Concert, October 3rd. 7.30 p.m. at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA, with special guest Colton Dixon. Drive-In tickets available now at druskyent.com. Gates open at 5.30, rain or shine. Skillet, October 3rd at the Starlight Drive-In, Butler, PA. Visit Drusky Entertainment for details at druskyent.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty
2: Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com.
0: Liberty, 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 Liberty. Now there's a place where all your Christian programs reside. All the best Christian radio stations live there. Find your local Christian station or look for one farther away that plays the program you like. ChristianRadio.com Not only links you to the best Christian radio stations in America like this one, but also podcasts of great uplifting content designed to grow your faith. Find us now and download the app on either Apple or Android devices. It's the difference maker in your daily walk. ChristianRadio.com
4: Well, of course, uh, COVID has taken the toll on the restaurant industry. That's well documented. Uh, but downtown Pittsburgh, Market Square, which was really a, a sort of a hotspot for fine dining these last several years, uh, has taken a really gigantic hit. Now, he, here's a trade off. I think people might think it's some good news, but well, it's a trade off. So, one of the country's biggest fast food chains could be headed to downtown, uh, undergoing major changes, Market Square looking at Chick-fil-A to occupy the space at the corner of 2 PPG place, which used to be occupied by calf
5: Nola Poros. P- Poros. Yes. Oh, no. I mean, right. I, listen, I love Chick-fil-A, don't we all? Can sure. Can we just say the three of us speak with one voice on this?
18: Yes. However,
5: that would be really depressing if that ended up to be any fast food joint,
18: well, it's, that we'll is a it's that is be. a
5: lovely, elegant restaurant. One of the one of the prettiest dining rooms in Pittsburgh.
4: Yeah, well, that's going to be probably chopped up into smaller venues. Oh. Now, here's the thing. So, like I said, you know, Market Square was a hot spot for fine dining. Yeah. Now, Market Square includes Dunkin' Donuts, Moe's Southwest Grill, Permanis. Diabella's Subs, Subway, Five Guys, Chipotle. Uh, it's all fast food.
5: Yeah, Nola's gone too. On yeah. the other corner. So uh, you it wasn't know, on I, the corner, but it was. I don't gross. know
4: if this was, you know, pre-COVID or not, but it feels as though COVID oh, just, you know, crushed that. fine dining in that area. That's all. Do you
5: remember how much, John, you and I loved eating at Poros in, how about in the winter when you could look out at the snow and the Christmas tree at PPG and look at the Christmas village? I mean, it was.
4: Oh, it's really, it was, it was fine dining and there was a big, uh, you know, you're like in a big banquet, yeah. right? Surrounded by this big, beautiful booth.
5: Oh, first
4: rate. And the food was excellent as well. Oh,
5: I love that place. It still hurts my heart that it's not there. I can't, no, I don't want it to turn into fast food. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, a trend. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, speaking of food, saw an article today, John, on emotional eating. And so, my question for you is that. You know, we've all suffered in COVID for any variety of reasons, whether there are people listening who've lost their jobs, who've been sick, who haven't been able to go to work, who've had to keep going to work. I mean, everyone's issue is a little different. Yours was compounded by the fact that you decided to get shoulder replacement and decided like it wasn't important. Like you just like, you know, you got a nose job or something. Anyway, you (laughs) had to get a new shoulder in the middle of all of it. Right. Are you emotionally eating?
4: Um. Do you know what that is? Well, uh, emo- no, describe it for me.
5: Okay. So emotional eating is coping with your emotions through food.
4: Oh, no, I'm no, no. I'm not particularly emotionally eating. I'm just eating. <laughs> that's all.
5: Okay. All right. Well, that's good.
4: Right. Okay. So, uh, okay, wait. So, uh, Yes, here's what I found myself last night. This is crazy. So my my wife runs a, a small retail establishment, and uh, one of our sons, you know, cho- chose not to go to college this semester, so he's been down there helping her. So last night she texted me and said, "Hey, we had this really big job today. I'm going to treat everybody to dinner." So I was like, "Okay." So they came home and they got me. We all piled into. And here's the weird thing: we all piled into the minivan, and of course, because I only have one arm. Uh, I sit in, I have to sit in the back. Because in the, that's
5: way
4: the way back? Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Do you, have, do you have
5: to open up the trunk to get in? Or did they let you no, in the they open with they everybody open. else? Okay. Then they
4: have to put this seatbelt on me because oh. I can't reach over there. So there I am kind of like helpless in the back of the minivan. Mm-hmm. They decide to go to f- <laughs> five guys. Okay. So we're going to have a burger and fries. So we go in with our masks on and you, you know, choose your burger. Then we come out and it's so sad. Like I'm in the back of a minivan with one arm eating a hamburger. <laughs> I mean, I just, I couldn't think of just about anything worse. It just kind of crushed me a little bit yeah. as I'm mm-hmm. dipping my fries into a little foil packet of ketchup. Mm-hmm.
5: I thought you didn't, you didn't want to wait till you got home. No,
4: nah, we all sat in the parking lot and ate a burger. Okay. It's just so, you know. The idea of going to a nice restaurant, that's like, you know, that's a long, long way away, isn't it? Yeah. It
0: is.
5: It's a long way away. I just, right? I don't, okay. So you don't, but you don't eat emotionally. You don't get sad and eat. Well, in the back of that minivan
4: last night, I was meat. eating emotional.
5: Yeah, but you weren't eating because you were sad.
4: No, I was just eating because okay. I was, you know, eating. Okay. No, right. I don't eat because I'm sad. No. Okay. Do you, do you, do you emotionally
5: eat? No. Well, I I am actually what happens when I'm particularly emotional, I'm just not hungry.
4: Mm, okay. I'm just That's pretty safe.
5: Right. So, it's an, I don't know if it's safe. It's not healthy because a lot of well, the things I've been through in my life ended up just, you know, just not I just but don't it, want to eat.
4: But it beats the uh, you know the alternative, which you're gonna gain fifty pounds because you were sad.
5: Right. Yeah. I guess that's true. Now, this article that it was talking about emotionally emotional eating, it just talks about important questions you should ask yourself if you're an emotional eater. Okay. One being like actually trying to ascertain if you're really hungry. Now, this is something I've used over the years, this question is if I'm sitting there like at nine o'clock and I'm ready to watch something on TV and I'm ready to pull out I, I mean, yeah. heaven knows what. Some popcorn. Right. right. Here's the question. Would I eat an apple at this point?
4: An apple as opposed to a Klondike.
5: Right. Well, no, an apple. So if you say, yes, I wouldn't eat an apple, you're actually hungry. I see. Okay. But if you would say, no, I wouldn't want to eat an apple, you're not hungry. No. You just, you just, you're just going to eat something for the heck of eating something.
4: You're biding time or whatever.
5: Right. Yeah. Or you're trying to, I don't know what. And, and So that's one question that I ask myself. It's not listed in this article. Would you eat an apple? But would you eat an apple is kind of a way to look okay. at it. Um, but the other question is, what do I need? So like, how are there, how could you cope with this in another way other than eating? So if you're super, if you're a person who's super stressed out and you cope with that by eating, is there something else you could do other than eating to deal with your stress? I see. So some people exercise. And that helps them to deal with stress. You know, some people read, some people garden, you know, whatever it is, finding something other than food to be the thing that you come back
4: to. Yeah. I mean, eating's easy though, because, you know, you walk well, into no your kidding. kitchen, we're good to go, right? And you're sort of tamping down your feelings.
5: Right. But the, yeah. And the problem is that when the next day comes, you look back and you say, oh, I wish I, I would have done that. that. Right? So you're
4: compounding your grief in a way.
5: Right 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 right, so this article is particularly talking about the challenges related to eating in during covid nineteen and a lot of people are feeling like their pants are a little tight and you know did I gain the covid fifteen or the covid ten mm-hmm. or thirty or you know whatever whatever it is for you um, this particular article says that the thing that you have to avoid is getting into a dieting mindset and I can totally relate to this in my life that if you think I'm going to go on on a diet, over time people who diet end up just gaining weight. You'll lose weight, but you'll end up gaining more weight later because either you're gonna make a change to your lifestyle or don't bother.
4: I see. Just because it's so hard to stick to. Well,
5: right. yeah. And it's just you end up going up and down and up and down and up and down. You know, I'm gonna to try to like never eat carbs, or I'm gonna to try to never eat meat, right, or I'm gonna right. to try to it's just, you know, it's too hard on your body and it just makes you too much of a whacker.
4: <sighs> yeah. Well, that's difficult. I mean, uh, not to make light of this at all. I, you, your heart breaks for people who are emotionally eating because these are emotional times. So I know, if, you and that's, know,
5: and that's the thing. And, you know, I appreciate being able to look at if you gained 15 pounds or 30 pounds or whatever it is since COVID, like being able to take a step back and say, these are extraordinary times. Right. I'm not trying to give you a free pass here, but I am trying to encourage you to, you know, go easy on yourself a little Thank bit. Thank you. I mean, so the
4: next time I find myself sitting in the back of a minivan, eating a hamburger with one arm, <laughs> I shouldn't feel too bad.
5: I have to tell you, though, I, I, I think you should have gone home.
4: No, because then my, everything would have been cold.
5: Well, uh, yeah, that's an additional problem. Right? No, I, I don't like yeah, that. Yeah. Then, uh, okay. You know, um, I mean, they you, gave have me a... you have to decide what's important to you. Well,
4: they gave me a bag of fries, Kath.
5: Right. Yeah. And yeah, they yeah. were hot. Yeah, here's the thing I have home. to say though, is if and this is just me and this tells you to talk about a wacko, but if I'm not sitting in a nice place. Yeah. I don't I don't want to eat. You don't food. enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. I need and a nice place doesn't have to be like I I have fine China. Right. I just, you know, I need to be in a n- nice environment. You yeah, well. looking. either I'm looking outside at the beautiful creation or there's some kind of nice thing happening.
4: Yeah. You know. I was sitting next to a few bags from Aldi. (laughs) So, (laughs) I mean, I just, it was a losing situation. Okay. However, I I, I did enjoy the burger.
5: Of course you did because it was so delicious. Okay. So while we're speaking of food and you've been, you know, under this restriction because of your shoulder. Yeah. Have you been in a grocery store since you had surgery?
4: Uh, One time. Yeah. One time. uh, My son and I went to a grocery store ever so briefly.
5: So, really, you like your family has been buying your food, everything, and making your food.
4: My wife, God bless her. I mean, she's like I said, she's running her own business and taking care of me, the big whining baby. You know, I mean,
5: boy, Mike, I mean, you look at Rhonda and you think, geez,
4: she got her hands full. I don't know, seriously. And she's and she's tucking me in bed at night because I'm no. I am i i have got cause I gotta sleep on this wedge thing and I'm surrounded by three pillows and I keep on sliding down. It, it, it's just a mess. You know what the sliding down thing is all about. Yeah,
5: I do know what the sliding down right? thing is so, about. So
4: I mean, God bless her, really. Is I your back hurting
5: woman. on the wedge? Yes. Yeah. It's killing me. The wedge really hurts my back.
4: Yeah, but you know, I got the wedge, so I go see the doctor Monday, and I think they're going to release me from the um, the shoulder thing. You the know? sling. Yeah, which is also problematic because I'm not. You know, when I'm not wearing it, you know, you're still in a little bit of pain. So, well, of
5: course, you're in a lot of pain.
4: Yeah. And Holy yeah.
5: cow! So you're 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 the bionic man at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was the million? The what million dollar million man? dollar man? He was the million dollar man? Yeah. one One million. Yeah. So it's safe to say that your surgery costs less than that. Am I right?
4: Well, the bills have started to come in mm-hmm. and insurance is, you know, covering some, but mm-hmm. you know, of course I'm on the line for a chunk.
5: Right. Cause I'll I tell mean, you my kidney stone wasn't cheap.
4: No. Okay. Right. No, but it is what it is. I mean, you know, you, you need to get Can't fixed up. No. So I was grateful to have insurance to, to be honest. So that's just, you know, it's a slice of my life. One arm eating a burger in the back of a minivan. <laughs> That's big time. That's not fine dining. Have a great night. See you tomorrow, God willing. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.